You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In this auditorium today, we have two groups. And I want to divide you into two groups right now. Group one is what we would call adults. We'll call it age 22 through life, whatever age you might be. And then beyond, the group two would be 21 and below. I wonder today if you could show me where group one is, you're 22 and older. Would you raise your hand? That is a mammoth crowd, my goodness. How many are 21 and younger? All right, keep them up, keep them up. John Morris, you're not 21. Mrs. Treber, you're not 21. So we've got liars here today, but of course, at the invitation, they can get right with God. That's great. Miss Treber always says that a lady, you tell her age, she'll tell anything. And so she, I guess she believes in lying, but the older I've gotten, I do too. I don't lie, but I just don't tell anybody I was born in 1978. But um, <laughs> so there's two crowds here. Crowd one, you are so important. We read about you. You're, you, these, these crowd two people will not make it without you. Now I know sometimes they're testy and they think, I don't need your help, dad. I, I'm, I'm four years old now, I don't need your help. Or no mother, I don't need your help. I'm 12 years of age and I know how to do my makeup. I mean, we got it all down now, you know, we've got to figure all that out. But I love crowd, I love crowd one. Those old people. 22 and above. I love that crowd. What a huge crowd. Balconies, lower floor. And I'm telling you something, I love and respect the young crowd. I love being around them. It, it, no one has to tell me on Wednesday morning at 8.10 to walk into elementary chapel. I love elementary chapel. Last week, this is unbelievable. The first week of actual school, we lost in kindergarten 25 teeth. It's incredible. We're gonna have a record year this year. I'm planning on participating myself. It's gonna be a great year. Those kids, I said, how much money you get? One, one girl said, got $10. I said, for that tooth? One little kid lost six teeth in one week. And I, let me see. And I looked and I counted six. I love your kids. I love going to elementary chapel. There's a reason I go. Because I think that's our future right there. I think that's carpenters and computer programmers and doctors and lawyers and salesmen and executives and missionaries and preachers and Christian school teachers and public school teachers. I think there's a lot of future in those kids. And I'm gonna do everything I can to have them believe that there's a real God and that they can accomplish anything with the help of God in their life. I believe that. After, 
at chapel about 9.05, 9.10. I go upstairs in the school of the other property and I preach to teenagers. And teenagers, I have a message for you Sunday, uh, Wednesday that I know God put it on my heart and I know it's for you. It's for me too, but I, I can't hardly wait. Uh, this year in elementary chapel, we're on trees. Last year was animals. And last week we had the olive tree. Oh, did we have a great time about studying about the olive tree in the Bible and, and how it applies to our life. This week is the, I'm not gonna tell you. You thought I forgot. I was gonna tell you if those kids aren't in here, most of them anyway, but we'll take another tree. High school excited. Then I get to be, and we have freshmen on both sides here in the college and students that are out serving the Lord in our ministry. I, I love college chapel. Well, you want to hear singing. Those young people sang and shout. They're from all over the country. You name the state. They're from other countries of the world. And they've come here to train for the gospel ministry. It, it is such a highlight in my life. Then I go to a class and I teach preacher boys to about 100 boys studying to be a pastor. Do you know, I have the best life in all the world. I love it. I love being around your kids. I love sitting down here on Sunday night after church and just sitting here and talking to your kids. And I love to be around your families. And I thank God for you. But I want you to know crowd two, 21 and younger, you need crowd one. In crowd one, you need crowd two. This text before us, these eight verses, we kept seeing the word father. Father is mentioned four times in this text, these eight verses. Children are mentioned four times in these verses. Generation is mentioned four times in these eight verses. He's talking about one generation giving to another generation. I refuse to say, well, that stinking generation, those kids are all spoiled, rebellious brats. Look at them. I don't, I don't, these kids are rotten kids. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe we're blessed with a great generation. I want you to know that today in America, there is 73.6 million teenagers, 17, 17 and younger in America right now. One quarter of our population, we better get with it. We better give them something. You know how to build something? You better get some boys with you training. You know how to be a baker? You ought to get some kids, learn how to, hey, you know how to use a computer? You better be passing this down. Uh, it's got to be all of us, amen, amen. Yeah. working together amen. to help this next generation. Do you know that in the, in the world today, there are 656 million children 17 years of age and younger, growing by the day. 656 million 1717 years of age and younger. They need encouragement, they need instruction, they need, uh, uh, they need correction. Uh, they need uh, uh, to, to be uh, taught and helped to bring them on the journey of life. You say, well, I, I'm not a grandparent. Or I have no grandkids around here. Or I, I'm not talking to that crowd uh, that, that you have to just be a grandparent. I'm talking about everybody in life. You're going to have to teach these kids how to become an old person. Because age is creeping on. 
And older people are one of two things. They're either the sweetest people in all the world or they're grumps. They're negative, they're complaining. Everybody's, well, you know how it is. We're all sick, well, we're all getting old. Older people, I am gonna teach the, a couple of uh, our older classes together in a month or two. I wanna teach you not to get old. Who would ever believe that I'm 99 years of age? This is my birthday two weeks ago, and one of our new members said, someone said you're 98. Are you 98? No, I'm not 98, I'm 41. <laughs> I'm telling you this, I'm not gonna get, well, you know how it is when you get old. If I could dye my hair from this, whatever color it is, I don't, I think that'd be for me. I mean, ladies, <laughs> go ahead and do it. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get old looking. I, so that's why I'm, I, I, I lift weights yep. Yep. every day. Yes, sir. That fork, yep. that spoon, yep. the knife, I do every calisthenic possible with those, those three utensils. I also take a cup and, I, uh, and our, a glass and I drink. I, I, I move every muscle on that business. Oh, it's great. I, I, I move all night long muscles. I flop and flip and turn and toss. I'm getting everything exercised all night long. I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm youthful. I can put my foot right up there. How about that? How in the world am I gonna get that thing down? <laughs> Every, you, you, okay, you're not a grandpa, but you're old, you're 40 years old, you're 50, you're 60, you're 70, you're 80, 90, I don't know what, this week, you're gonna to have to pass something down to these 73.6 million teenagers and young people. You're gonna to have to be able to say to the little child, you. You listen so well in church. You got to say to these that are not kids, they're in group one, just saying those four siblings, you did a great job. Amen. We sit around here, we analyze. I think I heard a wrong note. If there was, it was your sisters. It wasn't you, it was your sisters. I, but there wasn't a wrong note. Hey, these four boys that just sang, I was looking at them singing. I remember holding most of my arm the day they were born. Hey, you know what? Those boys, uh, they're grown adult men now. When I say that all the time, John Morris, I look at you. I remember holding you. Can you imagine? You want to stand up for a minute, Brother John? Can you imagine holding, holding? Uh, uh, sit down, please, if you will. Thank God I lift my weights every day. But you know, I want to invest in his life and his wife's life and their little baby's life. What, what a joy to be their pastor. You know, John's a journeyman carpenter and he and his dad have a business with Matt, the three boys together there. They know so much about carpentry work. I hope your grandsons Brother John are all learning that. I don't know if they'll be a carpenter. Brother Tully, I thought about you all week. No one I was in this text. I'd love to hire you to have my grandsons work with you. They're 16 and 17 years old. Just to be around you. You've been a carpenter, and I'm not trying to be rude. Over 50 years, I'm certain. 
You, you know how to build things. You do things. All you men, all you ladies, all the skills you have, are you passing it down? Let's get to the text here in just a moment here. I want you to see, give ear. In other words, listen. This music director is saying, listen, all my people, to my law. Listen to the word of God and incline your ear to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, an earthly story of a heavenly meeting. I will utter dark sayings of old. Now here it gets really good. He said, verse three, we which have heard and known our fathers have told us. These were the Israelites in the wilderness. And they're going to tell you all about those days in the wilderness. For example, verse number, uh, verse number, um, verse number ten. They kept not the covenant of God, refused to walk in the law. Your dads got away from God. Verse eleven. They forgot his works, but God still did marvelous things. Verse twelve. In the sight of the fathers. What did he do? Well, verse 14, he led them with a cloud by day and a fire by night and the rocks, he, he, he split them and we could drink water out of them and streams out of the rock. And, and yet they sinned, verse 17, more and more. He talks about how he provided water and how he provided manna and how he provided, verse 24, manna and angels food, they called it. And then he, in verse 27, he rained uh, birds down upon them so they could eat and, and all the things, and it goes through all these various things. He goes, tell your kids what God did. Every college student in our college, unless they're older, were not around 22 years ago tomorrow, 2001. They weren't even born. I would dare say, and watch this, 22-year-olds and younger. Of group one, how many remember where you were on 9-11? How many remember? Keep them up for a moment. Young people, look at that. They all remember where you were. You may put them down. I remember when John F. Kennedy was shot exactly where I was. In Dallas that day when he was shot, I, I remember where I was. I want to tell you what happened 9-11. We were in pastor's conference. Uh, and someone said, turn the news on early in the morning. And, and we don't do that in our house, but we did that morning. And, and they showed us big, big plane. They said, we don't know if it's a little plane or what. And you could tell it was a big plane. Flew right into one of the towers. Those people were trained how to fly planes as kamikaze pilots and take all those people out with them, and they flew right into one of the Twin Towers. And then they said, oh no, another one's coming. And they flew that second one in. They flew one in, uh, into the Pentagon, and they flew one in Pennsylvania, came down, the little stewardess, she's buried right out here, Nicole, in our Santa Clara Cemetery. She's on that flight. Everybody remembers what, and they said, America, first time in world history, America said, America is under attack. And Muslims came in this country and flew our planes and our people. And the, oh, I tell you, the president was in a school teaching and whispered his ear and walked out. Then he went to see the people at that rebel, rebel and, and all of a sudden, as he came, he said, K-1 
Can you hear me? I want the people that did this to hear me. And the people began to shout, chant out, USA, USA, USA. I love this country. Amen. And if you don't love it, go to the country you love. But don't destroy our heritage. I want you to know these dads were told, verse 3, to tell their kids something. And they told them. Verse 4. This is you, group one. We will not hide them from their children. Look at the latter part of verse number five, that they should make them known to their children. Verse six, let's read it together. Ready, begin. That the generation to come might know them, even the children that shall be born. And so that's what I'm telling you today. You weren't born during 9-11, but I'm telling you, all airplanes were brought down. Nobody was flying. The next three days, no airplanes in America. It was eerily quiet around here because we have so many planes over our house in this church every day. On that Sunday, that was a Tuesday morning. On that Sunday, they said America's churches grew by 25% on one day. Our church at the other property was jammed, packed. Both services. You couldn't get them in. You couldn't shoehorn them in. I'll never forget that day. And America turned back to God. But it seems like we are a nation that has forgotten our God. Yes, sir. And I hold group one responsible. Group one was when I was in school. And in 62, they came out and said, now, you're praying every day in school, but you can no longer pray. No prayers in public schools. I went to public school. And they passed a law, no praying in public schools. In 63, they said, by the way, you cannot have Bibles in schools anymore. And we took prayer out. And we took Bible out. Oh, but my kindergarten teacher, when I was in kindergarten years before that, I remember every day children, our, 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 our crackers, our graham crackers and our milk from Cloverdale Creamery is here and we're going to have prayer before we eat. I remember John F. Kennedy was shot. My junior high principal came into our room and said, our president's been shot. Young people, before you go home, let's have prayer. Public school, 15 minutes from here. I want you to know that this is a nation was built on God. Three times the Supreme Court has ruled in the past, this is a Christian nation. That's why our coins say, in God we trust. Our currency, in God we trust. One nation under God. Our constitution was written and mirrored next to the word of God. And other countries have followed that judicial area of the government as the Bible has, as we have here. Are you teaching anything? I want to ask you this question. Are you teaching grandparents, parents about marriage, one, by your own life? So my marriage failed. Are you teaching? I had a man whose marriage failed, and I know it was the wife but I remember when he was telling his kids, he says, you know, dad did some things wrong. I don't want to help you 
though I was moral with your mother and nobody else, I wasn't perfect either. And I want you to have a, a love still for your mother. I admire that man. I want you to know today, are you teaching your children how to be healthy? Are you teaching heritage? If you're a building constructor, are you, are you teaching someone how to do that? Are, are you a landscaper, a gardener, home, home, home cook, how, how to bake and how to uh, make things, computer, graphic design, how to wash a car, how to wax a car, how to cut a lawn? Your talents, you all have such great talents. Are you passing it down? Uh, social skills. So group one is talking to group two. Hey, how you doing? Group two. <laughs> Excuse me, what'd you say? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good, 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 good. You're having a good day. But you don't answer like that, but you don't have to come all apart. Say, young man, you're such a handsome young man, a talented young boy. You know what? If you would just open your mouth and speak a little bit louder and more concise, you want to try it together? Should we do it again? Should we do it again? I, I don't think you just get people on the street. But if you're working with someone or teaching someone or training someone, we got <laughs> so many of you from Chick-fil-A here today. You have been taught a special word. When we go through that place, I'll say, thank you, and you say, my pleasure. That's exactly it. My pleasure. You know what happened there? You've been taught something in life. It's a little thing. Two words, my pleasure. We can't spell it, but we know what it is. <laughs> Are you teaching music? You know how to play a trumpet, a violin, a saxophone, or whatever it might be? Are you teaching piano? We have, uh, maybe, I don't know if this is the right number, but we add them all up because I think I heard we have 14 or 15 piano teachers around here. I imagine there's 150 people at least taking piano lessons right now. But that's why churches are calling out to our church and our school and our college. We need someone to come to our church and play the piano. Pastor Everson, who's the president, who's the, the, the pastor of our college, he'll tell you this, that it's almost every day he puts on my desk. We have a church in New Hampshire. It seats 100. They don't have a pastor. We have a church over here in Massachusetts. We have one in Mass Mississippi. We have it in Alabama. You name the state, you have them. My file is so thick, we need a pastor. We have people watching right now this service because they don't have a pastor and they sit in their auditoriums and they use the same songbook and they sing with us as we sing and they listen to the preaching. Why? Because they're trying to be liberal or no good or what? No, they don't have a pastor. We have world, we have nations that need missionaries to give the gospel because we're running out of time and Jesus is going to come and snatch the church away. And if people are not saved, they're going to the seven-year tribulation time. What do you know? What do you know about the Bible? What do you know about organizational skills? What do you know about history? What do you know about mathematics, science? I am so thankful for what you've done in all the departments of the school over there, the science department. Ay, 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 ay. What amazing, the math department, amazing. The wood shop, amazing. The computer shop, the graphics shop, the, uh, the, the beautiful uh, 
uh, green room, all, all that you have. It's amazing what you have over there. You know what you're doing? We're teaching as much as we can from group one to group two. Notice what the Bible says, verse six, where we were, that the generation to come might know them. Even the children shall be born. What, what do we want them to know? We're going to teach them, look at this, number one, verse seven, there's hope in God. There's hope in God. You know, Brother Martinez, there might be some in here today, you have a mask on, that does not bother me a bit. And Sister Debbie back there, you know, when this stuff ramps back up with breathing, if that's what we need to do, we need to do it, and I'm proud of you. What an honor to be the pastor of the Millers. You don't have to attack people if you have a mask on. But I'm going to tell you something. COVID's coming back around. It appears that's a winter disease. Just like winter flu comes and colds and coughs. It's not a badge of honor. Oh, everybody online. I ain't over this place. I got COVID. You know what? Just we used to never do that. My nose is running. Everybody pray for my nose. It's dripping constantly. My stomach is hurting. You know, come on, folks. That and it's been proven. That all was to have you lose hope. Was it real? Oh, yes. All you 70, 80, 90 people in our church that are in the medical field, God bless you. It was real, and it is going to stay around. It's going to be a real thing. And there's more. God's Word says there's pestilence in the last day, diseases. Oh, yes, it's real. I'm not making light of it. Oh, yes, we never had a death in this church. But, oh, we, many of us had it. And it was not a fun deal. It's going to happen again, but this business, that we had, that's our, our spin of our life. We all talk about our health now, our health, our bodies. I don't feel well. Well, you're getting quiet on me now. It's part of life. If you're sick, stay home. If you're sick, get well. If you're sick, take Pepto-Bismol or Gerald. I don't know what you take. Or stay in great shape like I am. Stop talking about everything that's negative. You know, you know what, what these politicians are doing? They're all strange people. And we have politicians watching right now. I know it. God bless you. We pray for you. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, friend, you can't spin from the news. Get, most of you ought to give the news up. Is it even true? My phone does still pick up the news. And, and it tells me, and they've been talking about this, this big hurricane coming in for about a week and a half now. Big hurricane coming. I never read one article, but I said, I doubt if it lands. Wait, by the way, Florida needs hurricanes. That's how they get their water supply. A little bit more difficult than they anticipated a few weeks ago. And this hurricane, every day I just look at the headline. Oh, it's intensifying. It's a category five. Oh, it's big. 
I said, I, I wonder if that's even going to come this way. I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline. It looks like it's going to miss everybody. So we've got ourselves all worked up for weeks now, a week and a half, about this big storm. People call something to happen here. There'll be a 3.2 earthquake. You can't feel it. And people will call from across the country, Brother Treber, are you okay? I said, for what? They said, the earthquake. I said, where? It was centered in San Jose. Oh, really? When? Right now, just a few minutes ago. Yes. Oh, we're all dying. Listen, folks, come on. Think about some things that are, if there be, think about things that are honest and true and lovely and good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Philippians 4, 8, think on these things. I want to think about this, sir. I said to Brother, Brother Flood, while you were making those announcements, because I just said, you take the offering right before the offering. And, and, and he, he mentioned every song that was sung. You know what that told me? He was in the service. He knew that song, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." He mentioned that, uh, page two, "'Come Thou Fount.'" He mentioned that the different groups as they sang. Why, he's in the service. Oh my goodness, I'm out of time. Stop talking about negative things. Teach hope. Teach hope. And teach the marvelous things, verse 12, what he did in the past with your fathers. Verse 10, keep the covenant of God. Hold the word of God. When I was a boy, my dad gave me this glove. It's, it used to be called a mitt. My dad gave this to me in 1956. I carried this to school every day because at recess and at lunch, we went right to the field. I snatched in, in third grade many home runs, hit 475 feet, took it off the fence. Well, maybe not. This mitt dropped many balls. I didn't do it, but this dumb mitt did, you know. I played with this all through elementary and all through junior high. My dad gave it to me. I kept it and I got a secondhand glove when I went to high school and began to play without gloves. And then I tried out for the men's softball team the last few years. I got another new mitt, and you gave me one a glove. And I tell you what, <laughs> I wish you could come watch me play ball. It's an amazing watch. I'm standing up there in that field, and the sun was coming right directly, and I, I couldn't find the ball. I mean, slow pitch. And there's a man in this room that should be down here at this altar. He hit me with his pitch that was coming in a half a mile per hour. And it hit me right on top of the head. And Donald came to the, oh, you okay? I said, no, throw him out of the game, throw him out of the game. <laughs> no, I'm not a good ball player like I used to be. That's great for group one. You can tell how great you were. I remember training Michael Jordan. 
probably about 20 years ago, our son was working here. He's now a pastor in Arizona. I don't know what I was preaching, but I was preaching, passing things down. I said, son, I don't know if you want this, but my dad, your grandpa, gave me this glove. And I want you to have it. I called Tim last Monday. I said, I don't know if I'm going to use it or not. He said, I said, you know where it's at? He goes, Dad, it's right here in my study. Our boys, got three boys and two girls. He goes, they, they, they see it. They play with it. They like it. One day, he may choose to give it to his son. It's just a glove. It's going back in the mail tomorrow to deliver it to him. But my dad passed me something. My dad passed me how to be, be kind to my wife because I saw him being kind to my mom. I saw how he dealt with problems. I saw, saw how he got a brand new 62 van. They just came out with vans, a utility van. And the brakes weren't working right and it shot him across the Dumbarton Bridge right before he got on the bridge into the swamp. I saw him when a ball hit him his glasses, now glasses are different, but and shattered his eye and went to the hospital. I, I saw him when he had a stroke and I saw him when he had cancer. I saw him when he got old and I saw him when he began to get dementia. You know, when my dad was getting forgetful, I've got a video of my wife sitting on his bed in a nursing home singing. He couldn't remember a lot of things. He'd get mixed up. She started singing, hey, Dad, there's a land that is fairer than day. And he starts to sing it. You people in group one, you have so much to teach. You people in group two, you have so much to hear. I'll close. These kids in this generation basically have everything. They have cell phones, everyone. They have Nikes. They have team shirts. They have it all. Uh, they're, not, they're not suffering in that, but I wonder, are they learning from group one that they're loved? I wonder, are they being trained? I wonder, do they feel like they have your time, your training, your instruction? I wonder, do they, do they know that you're going to correct them lovingly? Group two, this nation needs you. Group two, you're amazing young people. Amen. You're amazing. Group two, some of you have suffered through difficult situations that I know nothing about. I've never had something like that. And I, I admire you. But you're not an old all yet. You need some carpenter to teach you something. You need some computer programmer to teach you something. You need some lady that really is a great cook or baker to teach you something. You need a pastor and a church to teach you you must be born again. Because it's appointed a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. 72,000 teenagers committed suicide during COVID. They said hopeless. They said lonely. I don't want kids to have their life in that way. They have so much to give. 
Do you realize that sitting here might be the next president of the United States? I was in Washington, D.C. with our congressman once with President Bush and once with President Trump. We were at a meal together. And before the meal, I was with uh, 10 people. I was with an ambassador and senators from all across the country. And somebody brought up separation of church and state, and they looked at me. I said, well, that came from Danbury, Connecticut. The Baptists were told by government what they could and could not do. And the Danbury Baptists won because there's a, they said, a wall of separation of church and state, which meant the state cannot enter the church and tell the church what to do, but the church can enter government and tell them what to do. My congressman said, I never knew that. Mr. Trump got up to speak. That was the time Mr. Trump was there, and he got up to speak. And they said, this wall of separation of church and state, we're going to keep strong during my administration. I'm not, I'm not advertising for Mr. Trump. I'm just telling And the congressman turned, and some of those senators said, it sounds, you just taught us that. You know, I'm not smarter than a congressman or a senator, but it showed me that I'm not going to be intimidated by one either. Because I know something out of this book that they need. Young people, enjoy group two. Because group one is coming quickly. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.